0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: Okay, welcome to episode 29 of the Spider Scoop Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Noah Goldberg, with ESPN Richmond. And I'm joined by my, sh- my sh- struggling Charlotte Hornets fan, more so struggling Spiders fan right now. But as always, more importantly, writes about the Spiders for a 10 talk. And that's Austin Daisy. We're also joined by our third co host. He led the Atlantic 10 in three point shooting a season ago, over a thousand points in his career, the Richmond Spiders, and that's Nick Sherrod. Guys, we all know what the deal is. Spiders come into this game against Hofstra at six and one. You know, we saw Hofstra give, you know, the Bonnies a run for their money this weekend, but I I don't think anyone expected this game to, you know, let alone be close for them to, to take a loss on their home court. Um, let's start. Let's start with Austin as we always do, and move to Nick. Just quick incident reactions on just first thoughts from this game.
2: Uh, yeah, the zone defense really gave us a fit. It's like it looked like we had never seen it before. You know, early on, um, first few minutes, we had some open looks. Shots weren't falling. That happens. But as the half progressed, it just we we were moving the ball, but we just couldn't find any open looks. And, you know, the whole first half, it was was that way. But I will give them credit when they came out the second half. A lot more energy. They kind of figured out how to beat the zone. A lot of more cuts. Tyler was more aggressive towards the rim, off the ball. Things seemed to be heating up. But then, man, Hofstra just really seemingly didn't miss. And it kind of reminded me of, obviously not this caliber, but a UVA, UMBC type thing where – they, they were just hitting shots. Richmond's defense wasn't really there. Shots weren't falling for us. So it's kind of the perfect storm for Hofstra. So that's why, where we are right now.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that, like you said, we had trouble with the zone early um, and Hofstra is a confident team. They won their league last year. I think they were picked first or second in their conference. So it's not like they were lacking confidence. They had good players. And um, I think that for the most part, like you said, the zone was the biggest issue. I also thought. I our kind of our lack of aggression when we were going against the zone and then the guys on defense, we were on defense, offshore was just too comfortable. Uh, they got into whatever they wanted, um, they were able to do whatever they wanted on offense. And when Jalen Ray and the other guy they wanted to make shots, they did. So, I think the biggest thing is just we have to make sure that on defense, the guys aren't feeling really as comfortable when we see his own again. We just have to be more aggressive.
1: Um, yeah, no, I think I think you guys kind of hit it all on the head. It's you know, it's shooting, it's they're, they're not hitting shots. They're not playing consistent defense. Um, you know, like Austin said, right. It was, it was just kind of the perfect storm. And, and then you're a home team and you have no fans in the stand. So you you're up nine in the second half and and it's harder to get that jolt. Um, when you're a team that's struggling with what seems very clearly to be intensity issues, particularly in the second half, um, to not have that—you know—it's one thing against Loyal Chicago when you're in a neutral site, um, but then to come back home to the Robin Center and to not get that boost, I think, um, may make somewhat of a difference. Um, so, so one thing I do, you know, I, I want to start with you guys on is, you know, if you're if you're the selection, let's not even say the selection committee, but. You just want six and two in non conference play. Yeah, the big win against Kentucky doesn't look so great now. Took a tough loss with West Virginia. It's not the worst, it's on the road. And, you know, I think that's probably a top five team in the country. But you just took this tough one to Hofstra. Do you think Richmond is better off right now, resume wise, where they are six and two with what has happened? Or do you think they would be better had they played zero non conference and come into a 10 play with just their preseason hype? And and I'm thinking of this hypothetical. So obviously like it's, you know, I'm just saying pure resume. Obviously if you come in with zero non-conference games and every other team's playing eight, it doesn't really matter. But just in a nutshell of did the six and two help? Did the six and two hurt?
2: No, I, I think the six and two definitely helps. Um, That if we didn't have that Kentucky win, I don't know if we're on that national scale where everybody's kind of looking for Richmond and, Have we not played any non-conference games? Resume-wise, does it really hurt you this year? Hard to tell. What it really hurts is, you know, picking up in January with teams playing eight games and, all right, let's jump right into it. We haven't played all summer. We haven't played since March. Let's jump right into conference play. So, no, I think the 6-2 and is good. Obviously, today's loss really puts a damper on it. But, again, if we didn't have that Kentucky game, I don't think we're really having this conversation. There was also, you know, a lot of hype around that West Virginia game, which, you know, have we not played at Rupp Arena, beat Kentucky? Is that a game people really would have talked about going into it? Would have been chalked up as, all oh, Richmond's going to lose by 30? So I do think the six and two is definitely, obviously today didn't help, but it is good for the resume overall.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, again, I think like Austin said, the biggest thing about the six and two is that one, like after that Kentucky game, and even a little bit before um, our reputation was that we were going to be a top 25, top 35 team in the country. So when we get out there and we start off six and one, um, like you said, we have national eyes on us. So I think you can see this in other, there's other instances of this in the bracket, but just the reputation of a team maybe bumps them up a seed line or two. So the committee thinks we're a good team, even if we have a loss to Hofstra, who again might win their league this year, uh, it's not going to be as bad as if we just didn't play at all and we just had to win 15 conference games. So, I mean, obviously it's a weird year for the selection committee, but I think that 6-2 and two was fine. And as you saw last year when we lost the game to Radford, um, we still were able to bounce back. So I think obviously this is not an ideal loss, but it's not the end of the world for our resume or the rest of the season.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, for obvious reasons, as Austin said, you know, in in reality, 6-2, and two, you need it because you need to play, right? Like you can't just not play and you're just going to be cold. But just as a resume thing – I, I teeter back and forth. I think when we if we had this discussion in a month from now or two months from now, I'd feel very confidently that it is good for them because I think that you know maybe Kentucky's not going to even look like what we think it will, but it's still you know it, it can it can only get better from here. So you got to think that at least improves somewhat. Um, the the reason what, what kind of made me think of this question was just taking in the preseason hype that like you guys said right, like Richmond was already a top twenty five team and a lot of people's eyes coming in, which is why it kind of posed that question. But at the same time, like you guys said. There is a thing to be said about the national exposure and the narrative when you go in and beat Kentucky and how even when that while they were still ranked for those two weeks, even after that Kentucky win quickly deteriorated, they still remained in the top 25, even when they didn't play for a week. So clearly, like you guys said, that national spotlight certainly helps um, in, in exposure. And, and I think like, right, like if Hofstra wins their conference, you know, maybe Kentucky you know, they're probably not going to be maybe if they're ranked, but they're going to get into the tournament. So it could boost it. Um, but but I think right now, either way, it's it's certainly not looking like what they thought. Um, jumping into this game tonight, you know, we've been saying it over and over again. Right. But 40 minutes of consistent effort, particularly on the defensive side, three straight games. Opponents have doubled their three point makes in the second half relative to what they hit in the first half. Um, whether it was you want to look at a guy like Braden Norris that took off for Lowell Chicago in the second half. Tonight, it was Jalen Ray who was just lighting it up from downtown. Um, what did you guys see from a defensive effort? Is it the guards you think aren't hedging screens, bigs aren't hedging screens, are guys going to be in the first step rotating? What? Are, what? Are, where's their problem starting? Because clearly they're just not putting enough pressure on some of these shooters.
2: Yeah. Um, like Mooney said in the press conference, I really think, like he said, every game defense affects offense. And it's almost like when we weren't hitting shots, we were too focused on trying to hit those shots. There were a lot of plays down low where either Grant or Matt were just out of position and, you know, just giving up easy points where at the time don't seem like a big deal, but as the game progresses and you allow that to happen, you know, five, six, seven, eight times, those points add up. So there were a lot of moments where I felt lazy is not the right word on defense, just kind of, maybe holding our head on what had happened previous possession or just something along those lines. But as a whole, the defense played okay. Again, if you're going to run into a team that's shooting the way Hofstra did today, it's tough to defend regardless. But main thing for me, I I think there's a lot of things down low where guys seem to be out of position at times.
0: Yeah, uh, similar. I think that for the most part, I think it's just the the level of comfort that teams feel when they play us. Um, obviously when the team shooting like West Virginia did from the jump, then you can kind of chalk it up to that. But we were up nine today um, in the second half. So I think like when you're playing a score like Ray, the biggest thing for him is that he doesn't like, it's, you're never going to be able to rush him. He's obviously a guy I've followed him since he was in high school. He's from Virginia. Like he's a guy who's who's born to score. So for those type of guys, like the biggest thing is you can't let them get into a rhythm. And like, even when he only has six in the first half, like, the rest of the game he's still thinking that he can go off for 20 and I think the biggest thing for us was that we weren't with him on the catch and when he was getting into his dribble moving and stuff we didn't push up on him I think we let them feel comfortable we let them feel like they could score every time and once a team gets in the rhythm it's hard to stop um, so I think for us we just have to make sure that guys aren't feeling comfortable whether it's more ball pressure whether it's hedging harder on, on screens but when guys get it going we have to figure out a way to make them miss and I think for us it's just about the aggression towards the ball yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, it's a lot harder to be aggressive and, and to hedge those screens and, and do all those things. One, Nate Kayo is only getting, you know, 17 minutes in the game and he got into foul trouble early in the first half and, and picked up a third early in the second. So that was obviously part of it. But at the same time, you know, I, 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 I was a little frustrated. I thought Mooney should have put him in and let him play with three fouls earlier in the second half. Um, It, it kind of seemed like pretty much from the 13 minute mark to around like the eight minute mark in the second half. Um, that he was kind of just rolling with uh, Connor Crabtree and, and Goose. And I thought, you know, Connor in particular gave you really good minutes offensively. And I really liked what I saw from him. And, you know, this isn't a knock at Connor. Cause like I said, I thought he played great, but I just thought situationally and matchup wise that that wasn't what they needed at the moment. That was a time when they were struggling going back and forth with runs. They had gone up nine and then it was a Hofstra six-zero run, then a Richmond nine-zero run. And it kept jumping back and forth. And, and and you just couldn't get a stop. And that was the thing. And and as great as it is to get eight points off or whatever it was he had off the bench, you know, Connor's not a guy that, you know, the trade-off isn't there defense to offense. Do you guys think that, you know, and and Nate did finish with four fouls. I should say, do you think that was something that could have had anything to do with it? Is that a substitution you would have made maybe giving Nate some uh, earlier minutes there? And I should say Connor did have, a team low minus 10 differential on the court or at least minus nine in the first second half. Um, and I believe Nate had a slightly positive or minus two.
2: No, I think given the confidence that the coaching staff has had with Crabtree so far, you know, kind of seeing what he can do, getting back into game shape. I think you let Nate play and that way. You know, if Nate does file out, it's like, okay, we've been playing Connor a lot. He's getting back up to game speed. Mm-hmm. He can handle this load, but the way K.O. has been shooting to start the season, I mean, in a game where we're kind of struggling on finding open looks. One shot get a in the sp- second half. Yeah, that that's a problem. you you got to get – you know, he's been hot all year. Give the man the ball. I understand foul trouble. I get that. But if we have that confidence in Crabtree, I think we could have let K.O., you know, just let the game run its course. If he fouls out, he fouls out We can bring Connor in. So, uh, yeah, like everybody else, I'm sure we would have loved to have seen some more K.O. tonight.
1: Yeah. And I know that, you know, a big thing like right for you guys, Nick, and and kind of the beauty of it is that, you know, aside from Blake, for the most part, a lot of the reason we see, you know, one night Jacob has 19, one night he has five and same for these other guys is because you have so many weapons in the system you run, right? Like there's no pressure for it to be one guy. That's kind of the beauty of it is let the game come to you. But that's also can be a curse, right? Because when guys get really cold and like you said, especially if Blake gets cold, because he is that guy that goes and gets you a bucket, Now when everyone's cold, it's really difficult when you have to let it come to you when it's not coming to anyone. And that's when I think times like that, especially now where we're really, you know, increasingly seeing these scoring droughts and obviously there's the defensive issues, but just generally bad stretches, maybe that is a time you have to force a little bit and work it because it's now a couple straight games they've struggled and a couple straight games where Nate hasn't really scored and gotten a lot of touches in the second half. Yeah, no,
0: I agree. I think that sometimes... Uh, guys have to take it upon themselves uh, to be aggressive and to score, Um, again, the zone made it a little bit weird. Um, Some of the touches that Nate and Grant were getting, especially when they were trying to post up were not in the ideal positions. But again, I think there's just a point in the game where guys just have to go try to score and make something happen. And again, the zone confuses a lot. um, And I think we weren't necessarily prepared for it in the sense of how aggressive and how far out they played. But I thought especially When you're playing a team who plays a lot of zone, when you get in the middle, it's one-on-one against the center. So I felt there was opportunities for us to dump it into the middle against Grant. When we did in the second half, especially he torched them. So I feel like that could have been Nate in that position as well. I just think that we were generally just out of rhythm on offense. But you're right, sometimes guys just have to go take it upon themselves to go score.
1: Yeah, definitely. So we've got a couple, no voicemails. We've got a few text message questions um, we'll take in. So we're on the subject of Grant, so we can take this one first. This caller texts after the Vandy slash Loyola games, all the talk was about sustaining offensive efficiency in order to hold second half leads. Richmond obviously struggled in the first half today against the zone. They finally found a rhythm and flow on offense in the second half. And much of that was golden agreed. Yet once the spiders got up nine and had a chance to put the game away and right the wrongs from the last two games, golden got taken out again and Hofstra proceeded to go on a huge run while Richmond stopped scoring. I'm not saying the rhythm got interrupted because of Grace being in, but more about Golden being out. Why can't Golden play more, especially when it's bought? Okay. So I I think we're all in the same boat that, you know, he had 28 minutes tonight. I don't think any of us really want to see him play more than that. We've already gone over this on the pod with, you know, how much that has helped him defensively um, and as a rebounder. And I, I don't really think that's what the issue was. In this game, again, I, I think it probably seems worse because Nate was in foul trouble, so that exasperates it. So when you already have Nate playing less minutes and now you have then when Grant comes off the floor and all of a sudden you have Andre Gusevson, Matt Grace, and Connor Crabtree in the game, I think that kind of
2: exasperates your issues. I don't know if you guys would agree with that or not. Yeah, no, you, you pretty much stole it right out of my mouth. That's We don't need to see Grant playing 35 minutes. You know, we... Give him some rest. He's doing his thing on the court. And Matt Grace has played pretty good defense, you know, as a whole this year. So, me personally, no. I kind of – did it disrupt it? Yeah. And like you said, with KO getting in foul trouble, it kind of elevates everything a little bit more. But as a whole, I'm kind of happy with the amount of play time Grant's getting right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think subbing is tough, obviously, because there's a lot of guys you want to get in and stuff. I felt like – that maybe you take them out. When we're on a 9-0 run or we get up 9 in the second half and the game's been kind of back and forth, you have a chance to uh, kind of impose your will on them and we get up 9, I feel like you let that run to 12. You let that run to 13. And then then once you get to 13, then you take them out. Maybe he shouldn't play 35 minutes, but I don't think it's probably if he plays 31, especially in a game like tonight when in the second half he has it going. And so at the 9.30 mark, they take him out. I know that like part of the reason, and with a lot of bigs, you take them out right before the media, get them some extra rest. But like I said, you're on a 9 or run or whatever, you get up nine. And again, Grant has it going. We're getting it to him to in the middle of the zone. He's going one-on-one with the post. He's scoring. He's moving the ball. He had a couple guys on back door passes. I don't see the problem, the issue necessarily with, okay, he plays to the to the timeout. Then we're up 14. Now the game's different. Now you can't throw men in there because if they go on a 7 hour run we're still up seven as opposed to... Now he gets back in the game and it's a tie game. And now there's game pressure on Richmond. Everybody's a little bit more tight because we were just up nine. They went on a run. So I think those are things you have to manage as a coach. And obviously it's tough, but I don't see a problem if, if Grant's playing 31 minutes as opposed to 28.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think I think we'd all agree that no one really cares what the final number is. I think you hit it perfectly. It's more about when those minutes are coming and and keeping the flow. Um, and And that's been Richmond's biggest problem is not finding the flow, both defensively and offensively um got a couple other questions um okay we'll go with this one can tyler start driving and shooting more looking still looking timid at times on offense i liked what i saw from tyler tonight we've already talked about letting the game come to them i think yeah i'd agree that there's times when i'd like to see him get a little bit aggressive but i think there have also been times this year where we've seen him get a little bit out of control on the dribble drive i think you see him um, charge a little bit more than we'd like to. Um, I think it's just learning how to, how to use his frame and use his body, find the angles. Um, I think you're going to see him get better at that, um, as the year progresses. So sure. I'd like to see him be a little bit more aggressive, but he's taken some offensive fouls this year. He's missed some, you know, ambitious dunks. Um, so, you know, he had, what do yeah, have 15 points tonight? He hit a few threes. So I, I guess I'm okay with Tyler getting a little bit more aggressive, but it's, it's not really a problem. I feel like that's kind of standing out to me.
2: Yeah, no, that's me as well. Uh, if you're getting 15 points and you know he had a stretch of what back to back double doubles, I don't think you need to change much. If you know if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I think you know going along with the aggressive dunks, if he gets one of these posters, you know, maybe he'll get that out of his system and he'll be good to go from there.
1: I had the oop tonight.
2: Yeah, it was nice.
1: Yep. Uh, what else here? Um, okay, we got we got one more we can go off of. Um, Obviously, Nick's gonna know this better than us. Um, uh, you know, don't we're not we're, Nick. You can plead the fifth. We're not gonna make you answer anything you don't want to. Uh, it goes: Is there any real talk of seniors taking a fifth or six years based off the NCAA rule? Based on my understanding and talking to people, you know, I wouldn't really expect a lot of these guys to return. I don't know that. This is not off intel. This is just guessing off the fact that these guys have been here forever. It's a long six years is a long time to be in college. Um, that being said, again, you'd know better than I would. I have a feeling that probably no one knows concretely what they're going to do. I think it probably depends on what happens this year. Um, I'd lean towards not coming back. But, again, I don't think anyone really knows. And I don't think they probably know yet either.
0: Uh, yeah, I think that um, it just depends. Every It's situational for everybody. Um, yeah, I mean, every, every team is different. Every group is different. I know there's seniors across the country that are definitely coming back. Um, and there's some who absolutely are not like like you said, like for, for a lot of us, it's just depending on what happens this year, depending on how guys feel in February and March, not just about like the season, but just about being a college student in general. So obviously it's still early and the coaches haven't even mentioned it. So I don't think anybody's really putting too much pressure on on that decision right now.
1: There's not really any reason to make that decision now. Right. Like there's no there's not exactly a timeline. So so I don't think there's any uh, reason for that. All right. Um, I think that just about does it. Uh, any any final points anyone wants to make? Any hot takes?
2: I'm gonna stay away from the hot takes, but I wonder if Lenardi enjoyed you know this two o'clock afternoon game. You know <laughs> after we're talking to him the other day, we'll we'll have to see if he really enjoyed this one because I know I didn't.
1: Oh man, yeah. oh man, yeah, yeah. So everyone knows the uh, the Lenardi interview. We're gonna drop it on Friday to to kind of separate these out a little bit. So there was some talk about Hofstra and that that I guess will be a little bit dated, but. Yeah, man, I guess I I wonder if the problem, too, is I did forget to put the beanie on until about, I don't know, with like eight minutes left in the game. So maybe maybe it's my fault that they took this L today, not the consistent juju from the beanie. Nick's not rocking the beanie this time, so I don't know if that was it, but. You know what? Spiders are going to have a much needed uh, break. They've got eight days off until Davidson on the 30th. Um, if you guys watch the press conference, seems pretty clear that they're very open to adding a ninth non-conference game. Should they find it? Um, so that being said, Richmond still looks like a solid at large team, probably a little bit of added pressure now on your eight, 10 slate, a little bit more pressure to get a road win at St. Louis, you know, not lose at Dayton. So it's going to be a little bit more pressure, but you're still in a good spot, still in the driver's seat, still a top two team in the conference. So not the worst place to be. Um, so that'll do it from us. Keep an eye out for Joe Lenardi, Christmas Day. Awesome interview. Uh, everyone stay safe. Have a happy holidays and wash your hands.
3: I've been in Sedona. I don't got a phone. Honestly, I'd rather if I die alone. Do it really matter what I hate to say? Higher that I go up, they just fade away. You could find me walking on the Ave any day, ayy. Fuck a umbrella, cause I like it when it rain, ayy. Always see me smiling, but I'm hella overwhelmed. I'ma probably die single, cause I need my fucking space. I got leeches in my phone, I got drama on my plate. I've been living on my own, I've been in and out of state, I've been nicking all the trolls. I've been cooking on the stove, I've been stacking my discography and plotting my escape, ayy. Raincoat, sailboat, shade butter for my elbows. And my my ankles, what the fuck you bringing to the table? Did you pay dues? Are you grateful? What you been through? Was it painful? Did it break you? 6, six Cook, reincarnation, ayy I should probably start a flower garden, ayy It's a motherfucking celebration, ayy We should probably get the party started, yeah, I know the shortcut. Rather take the long way. Hate when niggas skipping hella tracks. Let the song play. Taking in the views. Hit the dad while I'm looking at the moon. Got my parents and my youngin on the four way. Hey, Arizona, Sedona, Arizona, Sedona, Arizona, Sedona, Arizona, Sedona, Arizona, Sedona, Arizona. Sedona, Arizona. Sedona, Arizona Sedona Yeah I swear I spent the summer in the plane I swear I spent the winter in LA I'm hella boozy but I'm from the hood I mix the liquor with the mini may. Everywhere I go, I'm the people favorite cousin. I'm the family member that you wanna keep in touch with. I'm the one that see you sniffing coke and don't say none. Someone got a problem with you? I be like, what's up then? Every other week, pack light, gotta get away. Niggas always got their hands out, bitch, get away. Bad bitch standing in my view, but she in the way. Main chick looking hella cute is what i need raincoat sailboat shade butter for my elbows and my ankles what the fuck you bringing to the table did you pay dues are you grateful what you been through was it painful did it break you Sam cook reincarnation ay i should probably start a flower garden ay it's a motherfucking celebration ay we should probably get the party started yeah, I know the shortcut, rather take the long way. Hate when niggas skipping hella tracks, let the song play. Taking in the views, hit the dad while I'm looking at the moon. Got my parents and my youngin' on the four way, yeah. Arizona, Sedona, Arizona, Sedona, Arizona, Sedona, yeah, yeah, yeah sunlight peek through the doorway I tell you I love you and do it in broad day I love you with no rules I'm wishing you more days I keep you in my heart I keep you in my heart
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E A-V on YouTube.